0: This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management.
1: When most customers don't want to answer their phones, how are retailers supposed to stay connected? Avoiding spam filters in email and even phone calls requires more time than anyone has time for. So how do local businesses break through when the phones stop ringing? The answer is to use mobile phones differently by driving sales and appointments through text messaging. Join host of Retail Retold, Chris Ressa, with marketing and CX expert Jay Bear and Logan Wooden from Podium on January 13th to learn how you can drive retail sales with text messaging. Sign up today at bit.ly Podium Retail to learn how to create your most effective customer messaging strategy yet. That's bit.ly slash Podium Retail to join us on January 13th.
0: Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I am joined by Casey Golden. Casey is the founder and CEO of Luxlocks. Casey has been in the enterprise retail and fashion industry for over 15 years. I'm excited for her to join the show today. Welcome, Casey.
2: Thanks, Chris. I am so excited to chat with you.
0: Great. Looking forward to it. So why don't we start with you telling us a a little bit more about who you are, your history, and what you do now?
2: Yeah, so um, I started off um, as a store manager at Abercrombie & Fitch. Um, back when it was cool to work there, <laughs> um, and essentially moved over to being, um, moving over to being a million dollar seller at a, at a luxury brand, a uh, retailer and kind of got hit by the the first recession during that time period and, and learned a lot of lessons and, and really just moved through the digitization and, and e-commerce Back in two thousand and seven, so I've been there in the early days, trying to help brands like adopt digital. And now I am doing full digital transformation with Luxlock for omni-channel clienteling.
0: Excellent. And and who were some of your clients?
2: Um, some of our clients today or some of the people that I used to some work of your, with. Who
0: does Luxlock work with?
2: Yeah. So, um, we have brands, uh, Robert Comstock is one of our, our newest brands, um, kind of a legend in the leathers and they just, they just came on board and we've got leather specialists that are selling live online on his e-commerce store. Um, and then we also have, um, Port Ziena, which has been doing really great an amazing sustainable brand we actually launched with 25 female founders to start our company. So, um, it's been a, a very interesting, ride. very
0: cool. Okay. And so help the listener understand what are you actually doing for the clients? So What is LuxLocks doing?
2: Yeah. So, um, the way that you shop at a in store at a luxury brand when you have a personal shopper that works with you um, and you work with a retail associate on a regular, regular basis. um, They just spoil you. They know you inside and out. They know what you like. They recommend products. They maintain a constant conversation with you and they spoil you. You get flowers on your birthday. You might get us open tickets. They know all of your lifestyle. They help you do all of your shopping for your family Um, these are things that just don't exist on it when you're shopping online. And so essentially LuxLock is going onto the brand's website and we're replacing live chat and, um, removing call centers from the conversation. And we're putting retail sales associates online so that they can sell live and they are maintaining their relationship. So we were able to, um, we had to kind of rebuild the way that chat works. And now you can be assigned to a sales associate, maintain that relationship. And we were we patented grouped product messaging. So we're the only messenger that actually has embedded products into the messenger. There's no affiliate links, there's no URLs, and you're able to put outfits together on the fly. So um, we do that. And then we carry that conversation into stores and across all the rest of the brand assets. So um, when we look at the industry, luxury brands own restaurants and hotels and clubs. They own um, cruise companies, vineyards. And at the end of the day, their CRMs don't sync within their organization or across countries. And so LuxLock really kind of bridges across there so that you can get instantly recognized when you walk into a brand's restaurant. And they can drop a bottle.
0: Got it. (laughs) Got it.
2: (laughs) We all want like a bottle dropped at dinner instead of a email marketing message, right? Like pick up the (laughs) bell.
0: So if I go on one of your clients' websites, how quickly can I talk to a fashion consultant?
2: Three seconds.
0: And this is a real live human being I'm speaking to.
2: You are. And every single time you go back, you're going to pick up the conversation right where you left off.
0: And is there, to start the conversation, is there a cost to me?
2: No, it's free for consumers.
0: Incredible. We'll talk more about that as we get on. I think everyone now understands a little bit more about what you do. Let's go to the section I love called clear the air. I got three questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Question one. When is the last time you tried something for the first time?
2: I just had a
0: latke.
2: It was amazing.
0: Amazing. You never had one before. Wow. All right. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Number two. What is one skill you don't possess, but wish you did?
2: I'm terrible at promoting myself. I am not a great marketer, but I really wish I was.
0: Understood. Okay. And number
2: three, what is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? Um, That you can't build a re- a real relationship online. Got it uh
0: you think you think you think there's still the doubters out there, given all the uh all the dating apps in the world
2: the those relationships move into real life. I believe you can have a digitally native relationship that's meaningful. Most people don't feel like those people are actually friends or could be turned into real friends. um I think they can be.
0: All right, I like the perspective. But yes, that's a new one.
2: 2020 definitely changed things as we all moved on to online.
0: (laughs) Okay. Let's dig in. One of the things you talk a lot about, a lot of different things in retail. One of the things that I find interesting that you made mention when we were offline is this customer acquisition cost that's gotten crazy. Very challenging for maybe less so in your space, but for the non-luxury retailers, it's nearly impossible to turn a profit online given reverse logistics and customer acquisition costs, potentially a little different, higher price points, higher margins. But one of the things you said is you're working on increasing sales without increasing ad spend. So why don't you talk to us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, so for premium products, especially in luxury, um, I use the example, like an Instagram post does not sell an Hermes bag. That's not going to convert and there's no discount. So digital marketing spends with discounts create urgency. Luxury is much more about exclusivity. You're paying full price. There is no discount. It's just whether or not you can get your hands on a Birkin bag or not. (laughs) Right. And so a lot of these brands are new to selling online. So a lot of the inventory is in a store instead of being available online, only maybe certain items are. So when we're looking at spending $10,000 to put behind one Instagram post or Instagram ad, the, the return on investment is, is not really high. Right. Like it's not driving a large amount of sales like more commodity or like mass merchant products. Um, It's so much more of like an emotional post. So they have all of these sales associates that have been working on commission for decades that have been managing customer relationships manually. And they do millions of dollars in sales a year without ever needing an ad, without sending email marketing themselves. They've, They've built these relationships and and all of these sales are happening in person with a salesperson at the physical stores, but everybody's shopping alone online. And so that's kind of point is, if you were able to shop with a professional online in real time, can you replicate the emotional magic that comes with it that makes shopping fun and have an enjoyable moment? Um, and if we have all of these salespeople that are now available to shop with you on demand, um, we're seeing conversion rates that are typically only happening in store. We're seeing these conversion rates online. And so uh, we run essentially, you have a self-serve conversion funnel, which is just your self-serve e-commerce store. And then we're layering on top of a guided experience on the same brand's website so that you can have a guided experience or a self-serve experience, and working on getting more consumers that you drive to your site to go into our chat, connect with the stylist, and convert. And the next time they come back, they get to pick up the conversation where they left off, you know what they bought, and you can keep maintaining like a pull strategy rather than focus all of your dollars on a push strategy. So we like customers to start increasing their customer retention cost, or a budget. So, if you have, um, if you're willing to spend forty dollars to acquire a customer, are you willing to spend twelve hundred dollars a year to keep a customer that spends two hundred thousand dollars a year? And if so, what are you willing to do for them? And just looking at it a little bit differently, as how much does a new customer? add value to versus making sure that the current customers you have are all having a great experience. You know, it's like, can you take care of what you have before you go get more? How are you treating your customers once you get Yeah.
0: So I think as it relates to, to retail and, uh, and many of my listeners, you're in a different ball game. I don't think most of the people listening, myself included, are spending two hundred grand at one retailer annually, and so I think that just was astonishing in itself. <laughs> um, so but helpful to think about the clientele you're talking about.
2: But it matters for like you bought your iPhone. That's a luxury purchase. It's something where. It, it, it could be one pair of shoes. It could be a t-shirt. It could be a, a pair of jeans that cost, you know, $160. Um, there's, there's still, you have to choose between which pair of Made in America jeans or Made in LA jeans out of these, you know, 250 brands that manufacture out of there. Which one are you picking? Are you buying from Seven for All Mankind? Are you buying from AG? Are you buying from Hudson? Or are you buying Levi's? It's still like such a brand preference that those stories need to be told and walking into buying five pairs of jeans online, trying them on at home all by yourself, shipping them back. That's a supply chain issue. And it's a bad customer experience just as it is walking into a retail store and somebody throwing 30 pairs of jeans in a fitting room. That's not awesome either. (laughs) So it's like, no matter where you're shopping, if you're, if you're shopping for something other than just core functional use, like I need a cell phone charger. If you're buying something that you wear, typically you want, what's it made out of? Is it itchy? Does it fit true to size? Um, Does it shrink? You know, there's all these questions that people have during a purchasing process that just need a little bit more than a call center.
0: You know? Yeah, I I think that's, that's true. And I think where I typically go with that is That's definitely one of the advantages and values to a store and why luxury brands still open new stores today.
1: No one likes dealing with snow and ice, but wouldn't it be great to know that your commercial properties are being handled by a team who cares? U.S. Snow Pros teams have the skill and experience to ensure your properties receive the correct service on time. Not only can you rest assured your properties are being serviced, But they will also update you throughout the process, leaving nothing to wonder. Getting your employees and patrons in and out of your properties safely during winter weather can be challenging. Call U.S. Snow Pros at 609-332-3701 to see how they can help make a difference or send an email to mike at com. I'm
0: curious, being someone who's, you know, you mentioned omni channel but also focused on the tech side what your take is from your lens especially in this luxury place of the importance of the store today
2: i mean i to me the store is is a critical component to the dream right like luxury brands build these like magical dreams that you want to be a part of. You want to experience it, the brand. I just had a we just flew a, one of our top stylists into New York City for the first time for her birthday cuz she'd never been to New York before. And the eyes and the excitement when she walked into like a Saks Fifth Avenue on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> like it's It is that whole thing of you see everybody sees these different versions of what a store is and and it's it's when you walk into that store i mean it can it's magic you you've been romanced by these brands for for decades um you've seen them in movies, you see them, and it's it's such a component where you get to go and touch and feel and experience it, and you get to be excited when you get to take your little bag out and you get to take it home. I don't feel that like. It's just about buying a product and a transaction. It's it's all of this engagement and it's like learning about the brand. And I think that stores are going to have like this core component that, yes, it's important to have a store. It's not so important to have a stack of 16 shirts on a table because I think it's just going to be more about education of the brand, experience of the brand, really connecting with the consumer um, so that they feel more connected to understand why they want to save their money or why, the, why they want to spend their money with them. And having that brand experience and trying different new technologies to make it immersive and exciting. I think it should be fun. Shopping is supposed to be fun. That's what makes shopping so amazing is that it's partly entertainment. Otherwise, we just buy everything on Amazon, Right. I kind of go back to this analogy that like shopping was invented like 200 years ago at Selfridges. Everything before that was like trade. I give you this, you give me that we hash out dollars and cents. And literally it was like about trade. And I think Amazon did a great job at scaling trade, but shopping was created when you just went to the store to hang out.
0: I love that. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I love that I think I think that's really great. The one thing I would challenge you on, and I think that it's it's hard to see this improving, which is I agree with everything you said, even uh, about the store experience engagement and whatnot, where I differ from a lot of people is. I do think the store is still going to be a critical place to sell product because by and large, in, and this is a little different in your space, but generally a more affordable way for consumers to purchase and the retailers still make money they profit on the four walls of a store. So it makes good business for a retailer to sell product through that channel versus having 40% customer acquisition cost online and losing every time I sell online where the retailer wins when they sell it in a store. I think the divide has gotten so big and it's clear the profits in, in the store I think it's hard for them to can, to move more and more online because they're selling more and more in a loss, right? If my wife orders four shirts, returns three, pays no shipping, retailer loses.
2: Yes. Right? <laughs> retailer right? loses. Retailer
0: loses. And so that's where the store comes in. And so I, I, I get into this a lot with people where, yes, I agree That the experience, the education, the brand experience, the magic you talked about need to improve for retailers and is all going to be there. Tech-enabled stores, I think that's going to happen. But I also think that stores are just the more profitable venue to sell through and therefore retailers will continue to do that. Do I think it's just stack it high and let it fly? it's harder to do that today. You have to have a really the team to actually educate and the experience there. But I do still believe you will see product in stores and people walking out, uh, instant gratification, discovery of the product, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. I just went through, um, I, I, my office is in Soho. So, uh, whenever I go to a meeting, like I get a walk through Soho. Um, and I, walked by Ralph Lauren on my way to a meeting. But as I walked by Ralph Lauren on my way back to the office, I had to take a few steps back because I'm like, no, I just have to go in because it's like, it's Christmas inside. Like I know what Ralph Lauren smells like during December. I know what it feels like. And I just, I had to go in and it's just, it just felt like so at home. And the presentation was gorgeous. There's beautiful stacks of three everything made sense. It just, I wanted to explore the store. I wanted to buy everything I saw (laughs) because it is, it's that emotional pull of like instant gratification. Um, My biggest pet peeve with shopping online is that you are expected to know what you want as the second you get there, because it's asking you, do you want to look at tops or bottoms? Do you want to look at short sleeve shirts or long sleeve shirts? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I want to go shopping. I want something. I I don't know what I want. And then we get into these long lists of like never ending scrolling where to the point where nobody can make a decision because there's still like seven pages left. And I'm like, I think I have to look at all seven pages before I can purchase this item that I think I like. (laughs) Um, And when you walk into a store, you can just... Take it all in. The
0: discovery process is hard to replicate online to in-store.
2: So hard. Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm just like, you know, keep yourself served. Fine. I wouldn't spend a lot of money on it personally. I don't believe in like convert the traffic you have. Make it easier for customers to shop. And I'm just like, just click a button, talk to a stylist, let them take you through the discovery, try and get that emotion and get the job done and book an in-store appointment. You know and and get people into a brand, and I think that that's really
0: important does does that happen a lot? Are you bringing people through digitally and then and then sometimes moving them to a physical store?
2: I'd love to say that we were, but we launched in February of two thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. <laughs> so all the stores were right. closed. <laughs> So we're not there yet because I need more more customers that have stores that are that are open. Um, and that's kind of um, you know, during two thousand and twenty, a lot of in-store software initiatives kind of just got set to the side. and everybody really focused on that digital experience, which is great. But eighty percent of the revenues are coming from physical stores and and it's it's such a staple in our community of this act of shopping and what a mall is. Um, And I think it's just a core piece of, like, our community in general and just, like, how we, like, socialize in general. I don't really think we can take that away.
0: Do you think your technology will start to do that to bring people both online and in-store?
2: Yeah, so I believe in real life. Um, I, like, I mean, I'm actually a huge e-commerce advocate or like I, I sell everything in commerce because I'm transitioning in-store methodology to it because I believe like without memory, like our, my whole being of like being on earth is to engage with other people and to experience things and make memories. Other than that, like there's no reason for us to be here right like at the end of the day it's the memories and the people we engage with and i just don't see a lot of that happening online to give you like a sense of purpose on like the last breath you take i believe in real life um we have to find a way to kind of merge that but i want you to be able to buy something online or buy something in a store and the brand to make sure that you're doing more things that you love right like Instead of spending $80 on this customer to acquire them over the next three months, just pick up their next soul cycle session or send them to the theater. What do people have to do when they go to go do something in real life? They get dressed. You know, like they get dressed, and you can get into a cycle of being able to do more real life things if you spend money on clothes. The, Brands are going to take care of you and make sure you have some place to wear them, <laughs> um, and and really convert some of that traffic from experiencing the brand online to experiencing in real life. But it's it's difficult.
0: <laughs> so you've opened me up to a world that what luxury brands are sending people to the U.S. Open, Ralph Lauren, really. So I shop at Ralph Lauren, and probably go there four or five times a year. We get all our kids' clothes there. We go to the Woodbury Commons and uh we we get a lot of kids' clothes at Ralph Lauren and we do we definitely go to Carter's and we go to J. Jill and or Jack and Janie and we go to a bunch of places, but we do get a good shop at Ralph Lauren. But I'm probably a few a few bucks a year. I don't know that I'm worth US open tickets.
2: But see you are so if they' if a brand's willing to spend twenty five thousand dollars for an influencer to make a post that converts into a minuscule of sales, maybe one, like these don't convert very high, then you're worth your four purchases a year for the last ten years, you're worth u s open tickets.
0: Wow, that's a great point. I need to send an email to Ralph Lauren. <laughs>
2: And that's really the point that I'm, I'm kind of focused on is like, take care of your customers, give them what they want. Um, we don't want to be sold to, we want to feel the brand. So like Ralph Lauren sponsoring the U.S. Open, like these brands have budgets that they spend on their customers and on their top customers because they're managed to such a a detailed degree, the relationship is so strong that I know exactly what bottle of wine and year to send you. I know that you're allergic to cashmere. Like, we just don't have a way to scale that all the way down to the point where we can send all of our customers flowers on their birthday. Like that is, every single person's going to post that. They're going to tell their friends as adults Equinox was the only birthday present I got back this year. They sent me a $200 gift certificate. I love that. I bought presents (laughs) for me. me. They didn't send me a coupon. But the only reason that happened is because I complained to the director of marketing last year. (laughs) Um, But, you know, really kind of putting perspective in. We can get if we take care of our customers, our customers will take care of us. So maybe we shouldn't be spending so much money with Zuckerberg and start spending more com, cu- more money on customers like you that we can depend on you to go shopping four times a year, every year.
0: Right. Okay. We've been talking for a while. What have we missed? What haven't we covered that we should talk about?
2: I think it's a big, I think brands and retailers have a big opportunity to just kind of embrace more tech and embrace more startups, speaking as a startup. Um, Everybody wants to work with a tech company that already has, you know, a hundred big brands that, that are using them. Um, but in order to get to that point, your tech may not be necessarily innovative or solving today's problems. Um, and so I'd like to see more brands be open to experimenting and kind of adopting that fail fast Rather than if you fail, you're fired.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone talks about it. I do think it's hard to implement because, you know, people are tied to numbers and, you know, returns on investment. And when those, you know, when those slide, it's a challenge. So, okay. This was great. Opened my eyes to a new world. I really appreciate it. I think you did with our listeners as well. I want to bring us to the last part of the show. We call retail wisdom. Are you ready? Okay. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Tell everybody a little bit more about Colette. Colette is,
2: um, was a a street urban contemporary store in Paris had all of the coolest brands, the coolest products. Um, it was just like the store you wanted to go to um, to see like what's going on in the fashion scene. It was like the ultimate store to get your collection in. And they're gone in like 2017. Nothing's really come close well, to being collette.
0: Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, that's a great answer. No one's ever said that one. And I've asked over 150 people that question. So question two, what is the last item over $20 you bought in a physical store?
2: I bought a $78 sweater at full price in Bloomingdale's on last Friday before I went ice skating in Central Park.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) And then. Full price. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no discount.
0: And then, final question. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in?
2: Probably home decor.
0: Mm. Well, your Christmas tree looks great.
2: Yep. That's where home decor <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> looks great. Okay.
2: Thank you. Well,
0: Casey, this was terrific. I really appreciate the time. Lovely conversation. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to ask really insightful hadn't looked at it that way clever stuff thank you so much